Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 186. Is the past blocking your baby? You get a do-over. Ms. Dreamy's story. Hey, loves, I'm so excited to be here with you this week sharing yet another story of amazing triumph from one of my miracle mamas. And I really hope that you are taking all of this goodness in. We are knee-deep in a series of really extraordinary, amazing, uplifting, inspiring stories from women who beat the freaking odds. And we share these stories with you, and these women are so kind and generous to share them because we learn best from story. And when we can connect with people and we can see ourselves like, wow, if it happened for her, it can happen for me. There's things in my life that could be up-leveled. There are ways of thinking that I could take on. And when we allow ourselves to model this new way of being and take bits and pieces of inspiration from other people's stories, it makes what we want in this life so much more accessible. And look, it's not hard to find stories of misery and, and despair and negativity. All you have to do is jump on the average fertility message board and there's a fucking abundance of all of that. What we have here is something truly unique, an opportunity to see real women making real change in their lives, regardless of the number of years of education, how high they've risen in the ranks of their profession, or how many letters come after their names. These are real women with real stories of triumph. And it is our sincere hope, I know it's mine and I certainly know it's theirs, that you're taking the inspiration and love with which this is all given. Now, Ms. Dreamy's story is one that I just, man, I am so honored and thrilled to be sharing because, well, and Ms. Dreamy is her nickname because she, she dreams big. But Guavini came to me at a time when she really was at a crossroads and she was in a place where her personal history was one of some heartbreak and struggle. And she found herself in a place where she, really was getting a do-over in her life. And that included finding love again and having another chance to have the family that she truly wanted to have. And, you know, I, I love that she's going to be sharing her story because so many of us run around with this made-up notion that we only get one chance in this life, that if we don't get everything perfect, then we fucked it all up. And what Ms. Dreamy's story stands for is the proposition that we all get a do-over. And chances are there are some of you listening to this that are beating yourself up for past choices, maybe being in relationships that weren't awesome, maybe some personal choices that you made in the past that are still haunting you. Ms. Dreamy and her story 
really, I hope, is going to be the, the fire under your ass to get over that nonsense. Let it go. You are lovable. You are worthy of having what you want. And we all deserve a fucking do-over, okay? The idea that any one of us is going to make it through our lives perfect and never making a mistake, I, I don't know who's perpetuating that nonsense. But I come from the position that if somebody's tr- telling you that you have to be perfect in order to get somewhere, it's pre- probably because they're trying to fool you and they're trying to keep you under their thumb. As a proponent of personal freedom and an absolute believer that a woman, if she has something on her heart, she's going to fucking figure it out. I hope that you're going to take everything that Ms. Dreamy is sharing here and run with it so you too can create your own do-over. So here is my interview with the amazing, big-hearted, kind, generous, and incredibly dreamy Ms. Dreamy. This is a moment that I think both of us have been looking forward to for some time now. So why don't you start off by just sharing a little bit about how you found yourself on this journey. We'll start there like we <laughs> I started listening to your podcast back in, I want to say 2019. So it was, I know every Tuesday you'll drop a new episode on the podcast. So on my walks, I will listen to it and stuff like that. But, you know, you listen to it, you get the hype, but you're not like, ready yet to make the jump right <laughs> and for some reason I just like kept gravitating towards like listening every Tuesday without thinking okay I'm actually going to do it you know one day and obviously as I'm sure everybody that listens to your podcast goes like oh there's no way I'm gonna pay a fertility coach I can do these on like a my own project type of thing <laughs> And then I think back in, there was one time where I did inquire about it. And then I just like, well, I'm not really ready or whatever. And then just kind of kept on coming back and circling back until one day I saw your book. And I saw your book. And the reason why I'm not getting pregnant started reading it. And then I was like, okay, I definitely need to do it. Like... (laughs) (laughs) this is the time where we're going to do it. And as as I got more and more into the journey of like, yes, is motherhood my calling? Am I ready to be a mom? And all those questions kept coming, you know, and I started the IVF process. That's when I had a, like a rude awakening that I wasn't ready. (laughs) Like I wasn't ready, completely ready. If I wanted to do this, I was going to need all the help that I could get. And that's basically how I ended up sending you an email, got an email back saying, well, you know, you have requested the service before and you didn't, you kind of didn't make a move. Are you sure you're ready this time? And I was like, oh, self-accountability right there. (laughs) We start from the get-go, Ms. Dreamy. We do not play games. I was like, oh, okay. I see. I see you. Calling me on my calling me on my stuff. And um, so I, you know, I let it sit for a little while. And then I said, okay, all right, yeah, I think I'm ready. And obviously I talked to my husband and I told him, listen, 
I am scared. You know, there's a lot of things I need to face that I don't think I'm ready to face without a professional help, pretty much. And if we're gonna really gonna do this, I'm gonna need everybody on my team <laughs> that I can get, including you, acupuncture, chiropractor, you know, what's it called? A um, nutritionist. I mean, you know, some vitamins, supplements. I mean, anything that I'm gonna need a whole army behind this project because it's not gonna be easy. And you can't count on your husband being the only source of your help. It's impossible to make it happen with them themselves are going through some stuff too. And they don't know how to support us in certain things. So they, yeah, so it's impossible to make this project come through without additional help. So, and the truth, to face the truth that you need help. Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting because I'm curious about how, like, because when you started IVF, had you been trying naturally for a little bit? Yes. So I had the surgery. So for, I had a tubal ligation when I was 26. So I was thinking I was done being a mom. So that's how Ms. Dreamy came about. My nickname came about because of a, I would say a nightmare of a motherhood experiences that I went through. And that kind of put me on a lane where like, this is never going to be for me. I mean, motherhood is not for me. It wasn't meant for me. And, and it kind of just stare away. But when I met my husband, which is my wonderful Mr. Dreamy, <clears throat> I had a, something gave me like that allowed me to dream of the possibility of being a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually being the mom that I was born to be, not the one that I that I thought I fell on. Uh-huh. So I allow myself to go to certain consultations, like fertility consultations and stuff like that. And I tell you, you know, your MA, what is what is it? MNH numbers and stuff like that are low. Kind of give you all this, you know, statistics and all those horrible news. So I said, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to do the tubal reversal. So I did the tubal reversal and it didn't really take. So everything works, but it didn't take like we thought it was going to, it was going to work. So I did the stem cell process where they inject stem cells into your uterus, your cervix, your ovaries to kind of make them like a rejuvenation of your ovaries mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much, which is a very intense procedure, but it's worth it because that's one of the reasons I thought it failed, but it didn't. It's one of the reasons why our IVF was successful in certain ways because it kind of gave them new cells, rejuvenated my cervix and things where they were going to implant the baby. So it did help at some point, not how I wanted it, but it did help. (laughs) (laughs) I love what you're sharing because it's, we all deserve second chances in our lives, Mm -hmm. right? 
Like sometimes when we think one door is closed, another one is opening and it requires a level of self-love and humility to allow that. I mean, that's one of the most remarkable things to me about your story, Ms. Dreamy, is that you loved yourself and you loved the dream enough Mm -hmm. to do what it takes. I mean, that's mad respect to you. Like, I I mean, I I love and respect you already, but (laughs) even just kind of revisiting that story, you know, we're so hard on ourselves and we are so you know, the way that we move through our lives can be so destructive that we only have one chance. And if things didn't turn out the way that we wanted them the first time that we missed it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just made up. I, you know, it took me 13 years of therapy because I did how to go to therapy. So it took me 13 years, but I wasn't completely done. I still kept on self-sabotaging. I kept, I still kept on, you know, that guilt trip in the guilt. And, and it's just like you kept on getting yourself far and far away from what you actually, your whole being is calling you to be. And it's very hard to fight it. <laughs> it's very yeah. hard to fight it. But when it came more, it came more alive when I was going through this journey, that one of the reasons why I was being so careful, quote unquote, or being wise, which meant I was being fearful. Like I wasn't being wise, I was being fearful because of, you know, because of the past history. And I was just very fright like frightened with the process of becoming a mother Mm. so I had to come clean to my husband and said listen like there's still a lot of things I would love to give you that child that you so much want and I want to but (laughs) there's a lot of past issues that I still need to work on and I don't want to bring this baby basically my dream baby into a very broken heart Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a very dysfunctional broken heart. You can't bring something new and put like the Bible says, you can't bring new wine into old wine skin. Like it's impossible. It cannot be done. Wow. So everything that I, I invest in, in my body, when it comes to homeopathic supplements, diet, you know, everything that we put ourselves through it's going to be useless because still in your heart and in your mind, you still replaying all your failures regardless. And it's just not going to, it's just not going to work out. So you have to, at some point, you have to face the music and say, I need help. And that was it. And I had to come, I had to say, and during my sessions, I had to say, I feel guilty because I'm having another child <laughs> and I don't know if my other two kids are ever going to come back and look for me and look for their, their birth mother. And they're going to say, well, she made her own life and have her own kid and never thought of me or just guilt. And when it came to it, it was just, it, it wasn't working for me. 
Right. And it wasn't working for this baby, this coming baby. Right. And um, so I had to face that. The second challenge I had to face was, do I want to get the help of somebody else when we got donated eggs? Because it wasn't working. They already told us, well, the, you know, the, what's it called? The IF, IF fertility doctor mm-hmm. mentioned it will be best if you guys decide to go with somebody else's ex. So that was a shock. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was a big shock. And I, I think in one of the ses- sessions you mentioned, well, what's the end? Like becoming a mom and accepting the gift of somebody else that another woman that is able to give this ex to you or becoming or way to this journey more and more like what is your first priority and regardless you're still going to be their mom you're still going to be the mom so I had a I was another one you have I wasn't ready for it because there you are you're thinking oh yeah I'm gonna have this baby we're gonna get pregnant you know I'm gonna see those two lines on that stick and everything but it changes everything. It, it makes you feel like you're failing on your own because you're accepting somebody else's gift because you have to go and purchase eggs to become this mom. And I had a, I just, you know, I couldn't face ending 2022 without knowing if, if I was going to be a mom or not. And I, at that point, I didn't care who gifted, what bank did I have to go through? (laughs) (laughs) What country did I have to fly to? Because at the end of time, you'll do it. As a mom, if your child needs you, you'll fly out of the country. You take money from your 401k. You come out with the resources because that kid needs you. And for me, that was it. Who cares about my pride? Who cares about the way people will pretend if it's my kid or not? It's my kid. I'm carrying my child. This is my blood. He's carrying my own cells. And at the end, my child is calling me. (laughs) I I just kind of let go. Like you said, let go and jump. If it doesn't work, then it wasn't that way your baby is supposed to arrive then your baby will arrive in another way. And I think I was so apprehensive to the idea of like, it needs to be my own ex. It needs to be my own DNA. It needs to be this. And you mentioned in one of the sessions, it doesn't. Babies come in different ways. They decide to show up the way they decide to show up, not the way you think they should show up. And I didn't want to slow my process anymore. I just didn't want to slow my process. I didn't want to slow my process five years. And at the end, having to find out that I still had needed donated eggs. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to. Even though there's mothers that are 50 and, and they look awesome being a mom. You have your own story. You, you want to do it your way. And yeah. Know, and I just didn't want to wait. I just. I feel like I self-sabotaged myself 16 years already. What mm-hmm. was I waiting for? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, 
I think one of the things that is so compelling about your story is willing to make peace with the past and then putting yourself in a position where you say, look, there's still this broken heart of mine. I need to take care of this. I mean, what you were saying was so wise. It didn't matter about the treatments, the diets, all of the lotions and the potions. If you were okay in here, you had the wisdom to understand that that needed to be addressed. Like that's massive. And then you take it the next level. (laughs) I remember, I remember when you were in the program that you were kind of open either way, but something was happening inside of you. You cut your hair, like all, (laughs) all of this stuff was happening for you. And it was an unfolding. It was almost like an awakening for you to make peace with all of these things so that you could be open to receiving this baby. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that your baby was like, boom, <laughs> like boom. The minute you, you healed your heart, cause you were so brave in the program. Like you were always there. You were always asking questions. You were always doing the work. It was very obvious to me that you were so committed. And I think that was, not only was it fascinating to watch the change in you, I remember you're like, you're going to hear from me. You're going to see my pee stick and you're, you know, I'm coming for this, you know, I'm going to be on the podcast. Like, I remember you saying exactly those things. And then you sent me a message (laughs) and then you showed me your beast. I mean, like, it's just incredible. So tell us a little bit about what it was like to really take care of yourself in this way, because it's massive, Ms. Dreamy, because you, you know, all those years ago, when you had that other experience, you weren't taking care of yourself and who you became now is just this, is this light. So what, what is it like to, to really take care of yourself in this way? What made it different? I think I was more willing to accept the help and to know that from my past, the lessons that I learned from my past were that if you're not okay, it's okay to say you're not okay, but get the help. You know, you can't have your pity party for five minutes. <laughs> have that pity party, call that girlfriend, eat that ice cream, but or have that cocktail, whatever. <laughs> but the very next day, you have to come up with a plan of how you're going to get yourself out of this mess. And I think that was part of my lessons learned from the past and that nothing seems the present does not di- dictate your future. It just doesn't. Because I went back to college to finish my undergrad at 35. Who goes back to college at 35? You? <laughs> I did. Of you? course I did. Then I went for my master's. Then I did an internship, like international internship. I did an internship in Germany. I did an internship in Argentina. You know, I traveled by myself. So I did all these things and there were past experiences. So, but when it came to motherhood, I just was hitting a wall. Like 
I had a belief, first of all, I had a belief that I could be a wife and get remarried and find an actual good partner. So that was my first challenge. Because every time I, every time I went on a date, I was like, do I actually see this person as a parent or do I don't see it as a parent? <laughs> Just in case I ever want to have a baby. But I had never until obviously I met my husband and he gave me that. So when I talked to him and I told him about motherhood and my experience and I had to tell him about my past and everything, the first thing he said, I thought, I thought at that moment he was going to break up with me and I was going to get single again and be on that dating horrible pool, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said, you know, you just didn't have the resources and the support that you needed. And so I was like, oh, is dreamy. (laughs) And he said, and I know that you will be a wonderful mother. I could not choose another mom better than you for my kid because of your past experiences and how you overcome those challenges. So I was like, oh, man, when he said that, that was a saving moment grace for me because he healed part of the wound. So like, how wounds heal, I think it's just one layer after another layer after another layer. I am not a doctor, don't call me on this, but there's little things that happen through your life that make you heal the wounds. And that was one. And then, you know, step two, let's get married. Step three, let's buy a house before the baby comes, you know, and then step four, oh man, I thought I was ready, but I'm not. And it's okay. Now, I, what do I need? I need help. I need help on this end. I need help in getting the fertility coach. I need help on getting all my army behind me so I can make this dream come true. And that's when I I think I mentioned, I was like, I want my MIT baby. I want my MIT baby. Yeah, yeah. I think you could want like a NASA shirt. Like, I think you could, like your NASA baby or something like that too. Like, yeah, he's, I know. What am I not? He's actually, his mural is all about NASA. His mural, his nursery for baby Evan. It's all about NASA. And oh, that's right. You're having a boy. I'm having a boy. Yeah. So I was like, my baby Evan. And it's just like, Facing also, like, I think one of the uh, challenges too to get through this journey was facing the interviews with your ex donors. I know a lot of moms are, are going to listen to this podcast or are going to listen to this. It is the most challenging way because er- your, your mind tricks you. Your mind tricks you. But regardless, you, you do the self-talk you do the self-coming you do the everything to go ahead and do and it's just it's very hard as a woman to accept another woman's help but if that's the way you're going to become a mom and your baby's going to show up that way then he's going to show up that way wow he or she is going to show up that way but don't i think i would be advised that don't step back just because you know, we have such a stigma about donating eggs and we want everything. No, I want it natural. I want my own egg. And sometimes you're just swimming against the waters when your baby's right there, just waiting for you. Just You just need to cross that bridge. And for me, it was the interviews were brutal. The accepting of the, somebody else's help. Here I am accepting help from you, from, <laughs> from the IVF. 
accepted all these things. I'm going through this hormonal because I had to align myself to receive that gift, not only physically, mentally, and emotionally, but you know, you have to align yourself to receive that gift. And then you have to align yourself to receive the goodness of that gift. And then when we actually did hearing the stories of people like, oh my God, we got 13X, we got this uh, one cohort, two cohort. Then we did the insemination. Oh oh no, they uh, put the eggs together and then they fail, right? And you don't have no eggs, no embryos, no nothing. You were left with nothing. And just hearing those stories, I was like, oh my God, we only have one chance (laughs) out of this. And, And then obviously we only got six eggs. Out of those six eggs, we only were left with, I think through the process, we're left with four. Then we were left with three. And then we were just left with one. <gasps> that was it. <laughs> one. <laughs> My husband and I were like, okay, so we send, we, it's, it's a frozen. So we had to freeze the egg because we had to test it. We had to freeze the embryo because we had to test it. So we tested the embryo and he was, he was fine. He was a solid 4AA grade, which grades doesn't matter. Whatever, it's going to stick regardless. It's going to stick. But for us, we were like, oh man, we have a prime egg here, a prime embryo. Okay. So we had seven attempted circles to have this area. And for whatever reason, it was either the hormone that wasn't there, the lining that wasn't perfect, day of the transfer, something went wrong, the thyroid went crazy. It was just, you know, like I had to prepare again. Then I had to come and circle again. And that physical, mental strength that it comes with it, man, I, we women go through so much. I was like, I'm not going to stop here because it's not. Oh, no. Yeah. It's not just graduating from, you know, from your program is the actual application of your program that makes you that makes you know whether you're actually did learn the lessons or you are going you didn't. <laughs> you sat through egg donor interviews. You passed. Okay, like you you made it through. You learned. I mean, so yeah. So I had to change my mind through the accepting of the egg of find, actually going and getting eggs. Two, looking for banks. Three, sitting in interviews with the donors, possible donors, being wise enough to see who is the one, you know, who talks to my heart, who talks to my heart and my gut, and who do I really feel is the one, right? And then the calling on the embryologist every, I can't remember how was it. I think it's every third day or something. Oh, we got one embryo. We got two embryos. We got three. Oh, one died. The other one didn't make it. Then the other two, you know, and you're like in constant stress. You see that phone number come out and you're like, no, what's they going to tell me? And in the back of your mind, you're thinking all my eggs or all my chances are going to be gone. Like, I, you know, you just start thinking all these thoughts. But when they told me one, I was just, okay. Okay. And I remember one of your lessons said, only takes one. And then it clearly and then, did. Yeah. And then the seven cycles falling, falling, you know, something falling through there, you know, something. And then also, you know, the IBF 
clinics suggesting other type of testing, meaning the I think it was ERA or ERA, which right. is a mock transfer. And I was like, are you kidding me? I already done Pfizer cycles. I lost it. There were times where I would lose that. There's no, I wasn't like, oh my God, what did Rosie, Rosine will do in this moment? No, no, no. <laughs> I would lose it too. <laughs> we all human. In hormone therapy, progesterone, estrogen, carbohydrates that were not in my life because you have to have a certain diet, obviously. Uh, sugar weren't in my life. So imagine, like, you are going to lose your head. You're going to lose your head. Yeah. You're going to lose your shit. <laughs> yeah. I, like, look at all of this, though. Like, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, donor eggs are the 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 quick fix, right? Like, clearly you're demonstrating that it is still a journey in and of itself because what you're describing here is coming to a place of peace that you were willing to accept the gift. And then once you're in it, having to decide who, you know, who spoke to your heart, who spoke to your gut. And so even when you have that gift, there's no guarantee because no went through seven attempts with all kinds of crazy things happening. And you were left with one donor embryo. (laughs) But you had to have the inner ability to say, okay, it only takes one. Like it only takes one. Like you could have gone off the, you know, the deep end completely, but you had within you the resources and the resilience to be able to say, I'm going with this. And so when they did the mock transfer of the, one of the things that were mentioned saying, well, you know, everything was perfect and it looks like, you know, everything is smooth. Everything is going to go well. Measurements are going to go well. This baby is going to go straight. And, you know, we kind of like they did like a marking kind of thing. And, and that's when I said, sometimes you don't know what you did in the past that is going to come and help you. And I think one of the part was that stem cells that helped me to maintain that, you know, to, to have that new cervix (laughs) look like, and the part where they implant the baby. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, you got got pregnancy brain. No, it's (laughs) part where they were going to put the baby and how my ovaries didn't, my ovaries reacted pretty well to all the hormone suppressants and hormones and stuff like that. Because I had done some previous work that in the I thought it wasn't didn't work, but when it came to when it came to the IVF, the actual transfer, it helped. I love that you're sharing that because what you're showing, you know, because we tend to get really binary in mm. things. Say, oh, it worked or it failed. But it's like every little thing that you do along the way is pushing you closer and closer to what it is that you want. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, stop saying things are a waste. Stop saying things didn't work because you don't know that. Right, you don't. Because something could have, you know, you can set something new in motion that you just Mm -hmm. can't see. Exactly. Wow. And I didn't saw that at that moment. And obviously I had to do, when I did the stem cell research, 
Uh, there's, it's not really too recommended now in the United States, but in Israel, Japan, and other countries are uh, very acceptable and they, you know, it works a lot of the times. And so that was another thing where I say, I didn't care what country I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing my baby home because we cannot limit ourselves to a certain square. Like we can't limit ourselves in order to bring our baby, our dream baby to it. We can't just limit ourselves to one country. The world is so vast and and there's so many help out there that is just what you're willing to pay for and how much are you willing to go? Like how many miles are you willing to travel? Like I, how many things are you willing to do? And you can go to Chinatown in your local country. <laughs> <laughs> like I did. <laughs> your local thing, or actually go to Japan and do this, you know, or go to Israel where there's the innovative meds and they, you know, whatever it is that you need to do, it's that resource is there. It's the part where you allow yourself to do it or not. So and I so true. And I went for the stem cells and the tubal ligation. I went to Mexico. I met the surgeon the day off, which I don't recommend, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why is because I had other friends that had used and recommend this. And I had seen the fruits. I have seen success. I have seen their babies. And I had seen them pregnant. So that's why I risked myself under COVID and flew to Mexico, Guadalajara, which I'm Mexican. I've never been to Mexico, Guadalajara, never been to the hospital, never been to the surgeon. All I knew I was in the search of my baby. That's all I knew. I'm the search of my baby. I am so blown away by you and your resolve because, you know, a lot of people tap out. They just tap out. They're like, oh, you know, the, the rough, the road is getting rough, but it's like, when you have that fire in you and you're like, no, I want this baby. I'm not leaving without my baby. Mm-hmm. You'll travel the globe to make it happen. <laughs> Something that you said, I hope every single woman listening to this will remember what you said and the way that you said it. We are the only ones that limit ourselves. We're the only ones that put us in that box. And you, Ms. Dreamy, like everything that you've been through in your life was setting you up for this moment, a moment of decision to say, am I going to be the woman that finds out? Am Mm -hmm. I going to be the woman that loves herself and loves her dream enough to let go of her ego, to open her heart? To ask what, you know, to stop caring about what other people think and care more about what she knows to be true, Mm -hmm. her soul, to forgive, to be myself. (laughs) Yes. To, you know, to forgive yourself, to forgive other people, to be open to receiving the love from Mr. Dreamy. I mean, he, he goes down in history. I think, I think he's going down in history as truly Mr. Dreamy to love and support you for who you are, all of who you are. Mm-hmm. And you were so like, I love what you said that that was one part of healing the wound and yeah. that on these layers. I mean, I don't know if that's how, how wounds heal, but my guess is that's probably pretty damn close. So, but the analogy is I think so applicable and it's so real. So yeah. 
here you are today. How many weeks pregnant are you? 32. 32. You're within spitting distance of seeing baby Evan. Okay. Yeah, 32. So what would you want the women listening? If you were going to give women some nuggets of wisdom, you've given us a lot, but if you were going to give us some additional pieces of wisdom from your life story, from your journey, what would you want people to know? One is call yourself a mom. Call yourself a mom because just picture your baby. Like like I said, if my baby was here next to me, and I'm not saying if he would ever, like if he, he needed something, right? your kid needs something, you're going to get on that mama bear energy and you're going to go get it. You don't care what doctor, where you bring them from, who cares if you have to meet somebody on the alley, who cares, you know, you go get what your child needs, <laughs> you Facebook group, you know, you whatever is you put yourself in this, in this superhero cave kind of thing and you get it. So why? not put that mentality inside of you saying, Hey, my kid needs me. My kid is here already. Your, your kid is somewhere. You just need to jump the hoops and, and do it and just go for it because you'll do it when physically your child is here. But just because your kid is not there physically, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Spiritually. Spiritually. Always. Exactly. So that's wow. why I was like, oh, if I need to leave myself, my ego away, you leave your ego away. If I need to, you yeah. know, if I need to travel a couple of miles, you'll travel a couple of miles because at the end is like what you mentioned. It's like, is it more important to have that title becoming a mom, like have that title in your life of mom of, you know, whatever your child name is? or the way you think your baby should arise. At some point, you're going to have to cross that bridge. Yeah. And, and I hope that you choose my hope and prayer. Why I did this podcast is that I hope you choose right. I hope that you choose your baby over all the obstacles. That's, that's it. That's incredible. And that's, I mean, and you're speaking from experience and you're speaking from the kind of wisdom that only comes from actually doing the work, (laughs) you know, because it's really easy for people to say, Oh, you know, just, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're, you were in the trenches, Ms. Dreamy. You did the work. You didn't hide behind, Oh, that's too much. Or I'm too old or I'm too fucked up. Like you crushed all those things. And you, you gave yourself this second chance at the, at a family that is, you know, it, it's so amazing to see this. Like, I just, I just couldn't be happier for you and Mr. Dreamy. And so thank you so much for what you shared and, and blessings to you and this beautiful family and your proof that miracles happen. And, you know, you're, I think you're also going to be inspiring some women to maybe rethink, you know, yeah. holding back, where are they holding back? And, and what are the things that they're not allowing themselves to have? And how are they making themselves wrong? Because we do that really well on this journey. We tend to make ourselves wrong for what we want. 
So thank you for being here with me, Ms. Dreamy. I love you. I'm so happy for this, for you Mm -hmm. and the family. So keep me posted, love. Yeah, I'll send you pictures of the baby when he's born. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Loves, wasn't Ms. Dreamy's story just absolutely inspiring? I hope that if there was any doubt in your mind about the power of second chances and giving yourself grace and having compassion for younger versions of yourself that maybe made choices that you wouldn't necessarily make today or that were haunting you for so long, I hope that she and her joy today and her baby Evan that is being born anytime now as of this publication, that you can see that when you give yourself grace, you open your heart and allow yourself to receive, regardless of what's happened in the past, something truly magical can happen. And we are just so proud of Ms. Dreamy and, and what she's been able to create in her life. So it's my sincere hope that you will take all that goodness and find a way to let it lead you in your own life. And if you want to learn what I taught Ms. Dreamy, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. You have a chance to turn everything around right now, mama. It is totally possible. Time to drop the judgment, mama, and get about the business of calling in this baby. To apply for an interview, go to my website, www.frommaybe2baby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world from ages 28 to 52 make their mom dreams come true. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got to keep and holding your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.